Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Glad to have you back for episode 27 of the Helming Power Hour. Uh, cranking out another excellent episode for your listening pleasure for both of your ear holes or whatever holes you want to put it in. So uh, along with myself, Rick Morgan, one of the co-hosts here with my brother, Danny Bennett. What's up, man? If you have less than one ear, we don't have a problem with you listening whatsoever. Welcome, everybody. And I'm looking forward to this one. This one's actually one of my all-time favorite movies believe it or not it's the 1989 punisher with Dolph Lundgren yep uh really kind of a rare breed when it comes to the marvel stories it's a lot more grim and heavier than some of the others so it's kind of neat to go back and watch this sure it came out into the 80s uh but it's got a lot of cool stuff in it so this is one that I enjoy getting to go back and check out as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun digging into this one. And we hope that you do as well and share some love for this movie and go out and, and get to check it out again. So it's going to be a fun episode, folks. Like we said last episode, we're trying to crank these out one per week, trying some different ideas for the show. So if you have any comments or questions about what we're doing, we question what we're doing all the time. Yeah, it's a question. That's right. So it deserves uh, an answer. Don't be afraid to get a hold of us. And uh, and let us know. Uh, we have some new sponsors that are that are going on. And uh, this this week is sponsored by uh, the company called. It's an old company that's been around for a long, long time. And I'm really excited. Danny doesn't know a whole lot about them, but uh, they created some old TV shows back in the day. But I'm glad to say that uh, we are sponsored by the one and only UBS, which is the company that puts you before the BS. So we're glad to be on board with that team. They're they're legendary. Yeah, we also have a uh, sponsor from the higher education field. Uh, it's the um, Wisconsin Auto College, or uh, YU Auto. <laughs> nice. Nice. YU <laughs> Auto. Uh, you know, really, you know, um, it's, I think it's the Wyoming Institute, and it's YI Auto. YI Auto. YI Auto. The, uh, and, the, and the next, of course, we have Yakuza Flapjacks. <laughs> your breakfast or your life. Helming. <laughs> uh, so you can tell, folks, this is going to be a fun show. So stick around. We'll be right back. Yeah. The Helming. 
Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Recall. For the memory of a lifetime, recall, recall, recall. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! Hi, I'm Paul Newman. And when I'm not making salad dressing, I'm listening to the Hail Ming Power Hour. Hello everyone, this is Michael Kane, and this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, I was born and raised, and on the playground is where I spent most of my days. I was chilling out max and relaxing all cool and shooting some beatball outside of the school when a couple of blokes who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got into one little fight and me mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your auntie and your uncle in Bel Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plate said fresh and there were dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare. But I thought, man, forget it. Yo, Holmes, to Bel Air. I pull up to the house about seven or eight. I yell to the cabbie, Yo, Holmes, smell you later. I looked at my kingdom. I was finally there to sit on my throne as the prince of Bel Air. And I could do all of this because I inherited Bruce Wayne's money. All right, everybody. We're going to talk about The Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren classic, Lou Gossett Jr. You know why? Because you can't handle you the Lou. You can't handle the Lou. Oh, man, I, it took me way too long to pick up on that one. Yeah, <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr., Dolph Lundgren, a bunch of Australians pretending to have Italian accents yeah. as gangsters. Ninjas or wanna be ninjas. There's there's a lot to this movie. The Nancy pl- Everhart. The pl- the plot thickens. It thickens, then it thins, and then it stays Cla- pretty. Claude Rains. Yeah. Claude Rains is in it. It Claude Rains, it Claude pours. Yeah. Gallagher makes an appearance. That's uh, you know, the Swedish chef from <laughs> our last episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> unfortunately, I couldn't get enough money. UBS didn't give me enough to get him on the show for this time, so we had to go for another person. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yes. Nice Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Reams. He's he's gonna. Hail me. No. Harry. <laughs> no, I don't think that's who we have. Right? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, in order to do this, you know the the drill, and so we we got to step into. Oh. oh. It's the time machine! You already hit the button? Oh, I'm sorry! I'm oh. sorry! Strap yourself down! Smell that? 1989. Yes. What happened in '89? <laughs> well, you know the the uh, the atomic bombs dropped. 
Uh, the uh, the Berlin Wall fell. The birth of Godzilla. Yeah, the birth of Godzilla. Um, Carnosaur. Kangaroos. Um, there was a there was an overabundance of tree frogs. <laughs> the cicadas ran that year. Yeah. John Cicada. Remember him? John Cicada Jr. <laughs> John Cicada Jr. John Cicada Jr. Point being, here we are in 1989. Yes, and it looks just like it smelled. Oh, it looks look just like it did. We're not in a mall this time. It looks like we're in some kind of a park. Right. MacArthur Park? Ray Park? Ray Parker Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. Cut the crap. We're here to talk about the Punisher. <laughs> Make me want to pick up my guitar. They play with it all night long. I don't remember the song going that way. Are you sure it's guitar? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 1989's The Punisher. And to tell us about this iconic classic theater master class film. From Australia. From Australia. With nobody acting Australian in it. Is the one and only Paul Lynn. The Punisher. When a high school is in turmoil, a new principal needs to be employed. The magical students of Sauron's school of evil wizardry is in for a rude awakening when head principal Dolph arrives to wrestle order out of chaos. With cameo appearances from Treat Williams, Kirstie Alley, and Mel Gibson, this feel-good movie is a straight 10 out of 80. Well, <laughs> you guys enjoy Paul Lind signing out. <laughs> Real classy. Always classy with Paul. <laughs> he's he's just a class act. You gotta go back in time and then you gotta wrestle him out of his busy schedule. What's weird is because of when he died, we actually had to go back even further in time to get him mm -hmm. to do the synopsis and then take him back before he died so he could be back in his time. So it, it was a little tricky. But See, and here's the weird part. We had to tell him this because he died, and that is not a fun conversation to have. Yeah, that, that's a, a thing we're going to have to take note of next time when we go get dead celebrities is don't let them know that it's for a show after they've already deceased because it really kind of affects the, the, the production value. I'll give you one word. Yikes. The 1989 classic The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, who I think is unsung. At this point in his career, he was, you know, a beefcake, but I think Arnold was getting all the roles. And people kind of saw him as maybe a cut-rate Arnold. But his his American accent is a little better, you know, or, or a lot better. He just didn't have the, the star power that Arnold did, and I think that it hurt him. He, he still does movies, but he couldn't have been – he wasn't as big a star. Four words for you, masters of the universe. Yeah. Okay, no, since this is a Danny classic – What's your number one reason, man? Ooh, my number one reason. I mean, I'm going to have to go way out of order here, and I'm going to have to say my number one reason for this movie is the uh, the Yakuza adopted mute girl. Yes. I mean, she's kind of the head henchman of the Yakuza leader, and uh, she doesn't have a huge role, but, I mean, she's like a gymnast karate expert that gets into a huge fight with, uh, with the Punisher at the end. And, man, she's just cool. Yep. And talk about her role. She was trained by Thunder from Big Trouble Little China, so you could say she had a Thunder role. Oh, Damn me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it hurt, but not as much as it could have. 
And my favorite part of her performance is the reveal when you already knew it was her to begin yeah. with. And so they kick the Punisher's butt there for a little bit, and then she pulls off her mask, and you're like, well, who else was it going to be? B. Arthur? True. There's a, a bunch of, you know, middle sized dudes, and there's one like six foot four female, and she pulls off the mask, and it's like, oh, it's her. Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> Kind of guess. Yeah, we already we already knew that because there's only two women and three women in the whole movie. But all of them play a pretty key role. Yeah, but none of them kicks butt. Like what you say her name was Khrushchev. What her name is Zoska uh, Zoska Miyazak, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, with a name like Zoska Miyazak, you know she's gonna kick your butt. Right, which means furry animal, I think in English. I, I think it does. I think it means uh, Miyazaki's Zoska. Right. Can I have another one of those, please? Or do you say bless you after that? Yes. <laughs> All right. Number one reason. The opening credits to this thing, man. It, <laughs> it's like one part James Bond. It's got, and, and you 80s people know exactly what I'm talking about, but the opening credits of Buck Rogers with the circles that come up on the screen and go from the back of the screen all the way to the front. It's identical. It looks just just like Buck Rogers. So I'm already sold. Yeah, I remember that now. You, you mentioned it earlier, and I didn't. But just now, you mentioning it, I do remember that's how Buck Rogers started. Because right. it was a different image. And the new image kind of came out from the center of the screen and overtook the old image. You just needed that voiceover guy that would say, like, in 1989, Dolph Rundgren became the Punisher. You just need that yeah. thing. And then, dun, 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 the Buck Rogers music. That would have been cooler. That would have been cooler. But the opening credits are really cool for this, man. I mean, they're really long, too. It makes me wonder if uh, the the movie-making industry in Australia required them to put more credits at the beginning. Because it's long. It's yep. it's like a, it's kind of like, uh, like you said, like a James Bond kind of film. Like, it's got a lot of producers and, and stuff that are listed there. And while they're doing that, too, the other thing is they've got kind of a color filter on pictures of bad right. guys. And then they got Dolph Lundgren in a color filter and he's shooting a big machine gun and they're shattering like glass, which is kind of hokey and kind of cool. cool yeah. You don't see it anywhere else. Right. It, it's really kind of unique. Like you said, it, it gives that James Bond kind of feel. So I don't know, man. I think the opening credits are very cool. And one thing you notice in the credits of this is Stan Lee was executive producer on this. So back at this time, nobody was really making Marvel movies and the ones that did really didn't count but to see his name involved with this is kind of a shocker really i think because this movie is gritty it's dirty lots of language uh so it's really kind of a anti-marvel version well it, it being the punisher you know the punisher has a lot of violence and uh, like you said it's 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 gritty it's it's kind of a robocop-ish or uh dark man-ish you know there's there's a lot of killing and there's a lot of violence and the good guy isn't so good. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think you, the comparison to RoboCop, I think it's got that same grittiness as that. So yeah. It, it isn't as dark. No, it's as dark with character wise because it's got a lot of villains and hostages and, and, and a lot of people get killed and there are a lot of like, you know, intimate killings where people are in meetings and they get poisoned or, or, you know, gunned down, but, but really, I mean, other than it not being in Detroit and being exceptionally dark, you know, physically, it, it is about as dark as RoboCop. Yeah, it's got the feel. Uh, I, I think so too. What's your next reason, man? My next reason is, uh, 
the intro at the gangster's house. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So this, this gangster gets out of prison and uh, he's, you know, he's, he says, well, if the Punisher comes within a thousand yards of me, he'll know what punished really means. And, and, you know, then he, he sends his goons to go check the house. And while they go from room to room, the Punisher is just waiting. And he, you know, he, he drops them, you know, with a, with a knife to the chest or, or like, you know, all these quiet killings. And by the time the guy realizes what's going on, he's alone. Right. And uh, then the house blows up. Yeah. And he's standing there like, look, it's the Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> standing there in the doorway with fire behind him. Like, look. <laughs> holy crap, it's the Punisher. I think somebody says, holy crap. I, I like that the, the guy falls through first and he's dead. And one of them says, get a tight shot. <laughs> like like there's these uh reporters again in a very gritty kind of uh frank miller-esque right kind of like the reporters are more interested in getting the shot than they are about the fact that somebody's just been murdered because they're so jaded these these uh these guys are obviously crime lords so you got a great opening credit scene that i think is good it does run a little long but yeah like he's saying the the, the opening scene of this right here what happens I think is a great way to start the movie. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie because the only other thing I can think of that's like this is probably the professional. Yeah, he's doing that first job. It's got that same kind of feel. So uh, it's it's good. It's a good opening to this film. And stuff like the professional, you know, where these highly choreographed assassins sequences, you know, they're in a lot of movies now. And you got to think this was '89. It hadn't been done a lot, and I think, like I said, it was done really well. It's one of the reasons I picked this movie because I think that it's. It's been surprisingly overlooked for years. Right. Yep. And it's an action, action shoot 'em up so it's it's excellent. So my next reason is Lou Gossett Jr., man. Louis Gossett Jr. This movie doesn't happen without him. I mean, sure, Dolph Lundgren is the Punisher, but it's the Lou, man, and you can't handle the Lou. I'm not sure I can take it. You can't handle the Lou, man. I'm not sure. I'm telling you. He just eats up the screen. He's awesome. He... Has a problem with a pizza box. Yeah, he really has a small <laughs> role in this movie, uh, but but like you said, when he is on there, you know he's he's Louis Gossett Jr. He, he doesn't take prisoners. He just delivers his lines. He he pushes everybody around. His character is kind of abrasive, and he uses it to make sure that every time he's on the screen, you you pay attention. So Lou Gossett Jr. was Frank's partner, partner, right? Yeah, yeah. They they kind of throw that in there that that one point they were partners and. And then Frank ran afoul of the mob, and they uh, killed his family, and supposedly killed him. And ever since then, he's been on a revenge killing spree, kind of like the Wraith. Very much like the Wraith. Yeah, yeah. Except the Wraith never sits down naked and goes, "Why didn't you love me, Mama?" Well, yeah, but that scene was <laughs> uh, that scene was a little rough, but I think it made a point. <laughs> All right, what you got next? I'm going to jump ahead again and say the, the Yakuza attack on the pier. Oh, yeah. So the, the Yakuza are going to, because the Punisher is just about killed all the the uh, regular, you know, wise guys, um, the Yakuza sees blood in the water and they, they decide to come on in and take over operations. And to make their point, when all the, uh, the remaining mob bosses have decided to join forces, they show up on the pier where there's this uh, joint effort and they just lay waste to these, these guys. There are all these, you know, throwing 
balls with spikes <laughs> on them and they'll throw them for a minute and, meek, and then they'll hit somebody in the neck and it hits everybody in the neck it's like trying to do the sam raimi effect but it's just not quite as good not quite as good but it, but still cool it works it yeah. works and you know the ninjas show up and kill all these guys and uh well then you, you have you have australian actors obviously trying to play <laughs> italian so they have these bad accents you know kind of they call this one guy and they're like hey jimmy He's like, why? And you're like, you okay? He's like, yeah. I mean, it's it's over the top, but that's it's, the, it's enough. That's what I had next on Max was the, the arguing buffoons. Yeah. Hey, I can't seem to get this radio to work. <laughs> yeah, it's real, real difficult. And then they start just, no. F you, no, F you, F you. And then this third guy comes in and he goes, you got to get it together. <laughs> and they, he, he just has completely broken character. And he sounds like Crocodile Dundee's buddy from the, from the bush out there, the skinny guy, you know. And that's where the, the Navy SEAL ninjas come in and start kicking everybody's butt, yeah, which is fun. And also, like, you got Dolph Lundgren when he, like, he, I've got it, it says, kill a guy zip line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he shoots that crossbow because, you yeah. know, a crossbow makes a great zip line. Absolutely. And he shoots the guy, then he hooks, hooks onto that line that he shot the guy with and just glides down to, to fight more in the battle. Shooting them, man. <laughs> so that's going to be my next invention. The kill a guy zipline. Kill a guy zipline. And the other thing, too, I noticed, too, and this is just something I wrote in my notes, but Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren looks, he looks like the bad Superman in part three. Superman three. Oh, yeah. yeah he's the all quest like, for peace. Yeah. No. Destroy Superman. That's not part four. That's, that's part, part four. Yeah. Part three is yeah, right. the and bad then, kryptonite, and he turns into bad Superman where yeah. he blows out the, the Olympic torch. <laughs> and he, he tears open that oil rig and right. he puts the leaning power of Tisa back. The <laughs> leaning power of Tisa. <laughs> By the power of Tisa! By the power of Tisa! He sits the, the, the leaning tower of Pisa up straight. Yeah. Right? And all that stuff. He, he kind of looks like him when he's all like haggard looking. Well, yeah, yeah. He's got the. Something the, peanuts. Because for some reason in this Punisher movie, they didn't use the most iconic symbol for the Punisher, which is the Punisher skull. Right. They have it on the like the handle of his knives, but they they kind of chose instead to shave Dolph Lundgren in a way that made his face look skullish. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's as much as they, and really you can't have the Punisher without the Punisher skull. It's just kind of the the most recognizable symbol. It's right. like having Superman without a cape. But I think they did a good job of that, though, because if you think about what they did with the X-Men and stuff later on, not giving them the iconic outfits and stuff, they did a nice job of not making it look too hokey, which is why it still stands up pretty good. It's yeah. not some Captain America guy with you know wings sticking off the side of his. And I'm not referring to the newest Captain America. I'm talking about the 90s Captain America, which is rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's what they were trying to do, was make it more of a story people could relate to and less of a... A story that looked like it was ripped from comic book pages and stuck awkwardly into real life. They tried to make him too legit to quit. And they managed it well. All right, I got the Yakuza hitting kids. <laughs> I mean, not that it's a reason to watch the movie because the brutality that there there's some there are some organized crime bosses who have their kids kidnapped by the Yakuza. And the, the kids stand up and they're like, Hey, you can't do that to her. And these Yakuza just smack them. Oh, yeah? Like one of the kids pushes down the Yakuza leader, Mrs. Tanaka. And when she falls down, one of her thugs just grabs the kid and throws him into a chair in the corner of the room. And it's like, these dudes are bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing to be a, a gang of some of this magnitude. 
and kill a bunch of people and stuff, but they'll go so low as even smack kids in the face and push them down. They're that bad, folks. If they only wore puka shell necklaces. And, and carried switchblades, then maybe we could be talking. Speaking of the kids, the next thing I got is you got the kid that's wearing the Captain Kangaroo jacket. Yeah. He steals the show. He he's a he's a pretty amazing little actor. I think he went on to be the kid wearing the Jelly Bean Junction jacket <laughs> in something else. Jelly Bean Junction. All the boys. Jelly Bean Junction. Helming. But yeah, man, little dudes running around. His dad's apparently a a bad gangster dude, but uh, you know he's wearing this Captain Kangaroo jacket and uh, thinks he's cool. He does think he's cool, and he's pushing around the main kid who ends up kind of actually having a part. Well, that's weird because you got the Yakuza pushing kids around, then you got this other little kid with the kangaroo jacket pushing people around, pushing kids down. Kill a guy zipline. You've been doing cocaine. Now do some murder. Need to do a line? I think the Hail Ming Power Hour is all the dope you need, guys. You next? I think it is me because I follow up the Captain Kangaroo jacket. And I will follow that up with the abandoned amusement park sequence. How can you ever go wrong in a movie that has an abandoned amusement park? I agree. If there's this abandoned amusement park and uh, Frank Castle, uh, the Punisher, has been told he's going to meet somebody there by his rhyming drunk informant guy who, (laughs) who isn't great, but he isn't terrible. Um, and you know, it's a trap. So he ends up in, in here and he turns around once he's walked a little ways in and ninjas start sliding on their knees down these, these knee slider things. Ninjas are coming through the doors. Ninjas are crawling out of the corner. And they're everywhere. You think it's some kind of ninja city or something. Ninja city. Yeah. (laughs) That would make a good movie. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I mean, and he, he ends up fighting them and, uh, kind of getting away and he gets back on his motorcycle and he's he's trying to get out of the room out of the building and uh, the the mute hench girl yeah throws a chain into his uh his spoke right is that really yeah Miyazak throws the yeah. the chain into his spokes and and it, it sends him flying and he goes flying too he goes off like a second story catwalk into the middle of a big concrete floor and when he lands they just start advancing on him, and he punches a few of them. It's a great little fight, too. Right. He, he fights hard yep. until he gets beat down. You got to see these ninjas sliding on the slides, though, and shooting submachine guns at the same time. It's cool. It's very, very it's cool. It's just cool. This like, is a, a great scene in this movie, so don't skip this part. You got to stop and watch this part for sure, because you're not going to miss the part where they beat him up, and then, like he said, the, the mute girl, Buffalo Custard Bath, Yep, she throws the thing in the wheel and it flips him off the bike, and with the wheels and the turnings and the things and the falling, right? And uh, and then <laughs> Cromwell Butterscotch. That's and then they do the reveal where that's where you knew it was the same girl the whole time. So right, right. Maybe the Punisher just didn't know. Well, you know, I think she was just taking the mask off, but they did kind of cast it in this reveal light. She's like, having trouble breathing. Look, viewers, it's her. You know. Well, she was mute and she only had one nostril, so I think had to take the mask off because she was getting, you know, she's about to pass out. If you have one ear, you can listen. If you have one nostril, we don't have a problem with you. As a matter of fact, our sponsor, Cindy's Sensational Smells, works for one nostrils or two. Smell the difference. But that, that segues into a whole torture sequence where they've got him tied up to this 
Which is an industrial inter- rack. It's an interesting scene too, man. I actually yeah. like this scene. They, you know, they they need to know things about him, so they just decide they're going to torture him for it, and and it doesn't go so well. So you know, in typical bad guy fashion, they leave somebody else in charge, and then they take off, and and yeah. he's got wing nuts that he can just unscrew <laughs> by his and by himself, so he gets out. Mm. That doesn't bode too well for the the poor doctor who they leave with him. Yeah, you would figure that the Yakuza would have engineers that knew better than to put wing nuts on you know devices that's supposed to hold people down. Yeah, I guess the idea was that they were just these like hose clamps or you know something, and and they clamped them around his wrists so that they'd be wide enough they wouldn't just pull his hands off. Well, just and it's also ties into our next sponsor, which is the Yakuza Wing Nut Factory. They do. They're not doing too well right now, which is kind of why they found us. Uh, One of the Yakuza wing nuts. We're just winging it. So, yeah, after that scene, like I said, Buffalo Custard Bath whips the, whips the Punisher, and they strap him down, and they're torturing him, and they're like, are you going to sign the papers? And he goes, yo, mama. Are you going to sign the papers? Yo, mama. <laughs> oh, gee, fresh. But no, man, so they, they threaten to stretch him out of shape. And he's like, hey, come on, guys, I'm the Punisher. I'm used to being, I, yeah. I know what punishment is. As Packard said in The Wraith, when you don't care about anything, you don't, you don't feel, feel anything. anything. That's right. So Punisher is kind of in that same headspace. Headspace. So how do you get a guy to talk that doesn't care if he gets hurt or not? You hurt somebody he loves. Which they picked a bad person again because I don't think he really cared for the bum. Uh, you know, the bum was his only friend other than Louis Gossett Jr. You no, know, Louis Gossett Jr. would just cussed a whole bunch. Right. Yeah. Then they'd say, you going to tell us what we need to know? He'd say, yo, mama. Yo, mama. <laughs> All right. What's your next reason, man? Uh, I have. He killed the whole casino. <laughs> Not just the people in it. He busts through the roof and shoots everything in sight. Just like in Rambo 2 at the end when he goes nuts with the gun and he's just shooting everything that bleeps or blings or lights up. Yeah. Same thing here, man. The Punisher hates casinos. The Punisher hates casinos. That's just a fact. It's true. And yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons why the Yakuza target him is because the Yakuza had the hostages and they said, you know, we'll we'll wheel and deal and the Punisher says, as long as you have hostages, I'll start hurting you financially. And then they say, well, we'll just get the Punisher and they do. Yeah. And of course the thing is, is they say, you know, well, you cost me $2 million in cash. In cash. <laughs> in cash. Cold, hard stocks not, and bonds. Not, not savings checks or anything like that. You, <laughs> you cost me $2 million in traveler's checks. <laughs> but that's okay. Because they're traveler's checks. So I can just, they're insured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's an awesome scene. You got to check it out. He just busts through the roof and just shoots everything in sight. It's pretty awesome. So I'm going to I'm gonna skip a whole bunch and say, and maybe not even go back to it, because there's, there's a little, it's not really a lull. It's just nothing worth mentioning. I'm going to go up to Louis Gossett Jr. and the pizza. Yes. Because there's this scene where Louis Gossett Jr. has been, been captured, and uh he decides to try and make his play for freedom, and he he tells the guy he's got to pee, and he tells the guy, "Well, hey, what are you gonna hold it for me?" And the guy's like, "No." And so he he uncuffs <laughs> him, and he and he just kind of does some kind of eclectic like chop motion, and he and he knocks the guy down, 
And then on his way out the door, the other guy shows up and he goes, hey, I got the pizza. And he takes the pizza box and he shoves it up in the guy's face and kind of like rolls it around in his face and then uh, and, and then like punches him through the pizza box. And then he picks up a piece of pizza and he's walking out the door like strutting, right. eating the pizza. Like, mm, that's, that's a good pizza. So like if you watch this movie, do not miss that scene. Right. It is amazing. He punches him through a pizza box, folks. You can't get much cooler than that. Right after asking the other guy. You want to handle the equipment? <laughs> uh, you can't handle the loo. You can't, and that that brings us back home to you can't handle the loo. I mean, probably his greatest performance this side of Firewalker in the loo. You can't handle the loo in the loo, which starts out that whole sequence. And I did skip over the school bus scene. So, well, well, next reason: school bus, school bus, right. How do you break kids out? Well, if you go back in uh, just a few years earlier and watch what Jack Burton did when he got all the people out of the... The Wing Kong Exchange. The Wing Kong Exchange. What he, did he do? He, he took a bus. He used a bus. Bus for tourists in San Francisco, Chinatown. Yeah. So how do you do it a little different? School bus, church bus, whatever it is. Whatever I think, kind it, of bus I think you he just stole on. like a Greyhound bus because the guy yeah. was eating donuts and he, he was like, hey, those are my bus. Right. And, <laughs> and he drives off with it. He even lets a guy out. You know, the guy's like, hey, that's my stop. You know, and So if you're a donut-eating bus driver, you may want to keep your guard up. Yeah, look out for Frank Castle because – or Dolph Lundgren or The Punisher. Yep. Any of those – anyone fitting that description is probably going to steal your bus. Lloyd Bridges. You just got to watch them. Jeff Bridges. All those bridges, man. The bridges of Madison County. Yeah. Bridge Peterson. The bridge over River Kwai. The, the bridge to Terabithia. The Park Bridge family. People playing bridge. <laughs> you just got to watch them, folks, you donut-eating bus drivers. Dolphins. Watch out for the dolphins. Watch out for dolphins. They will steal your Greyhound bus. Helming. <laughs> so uh, another thing to watch out for in this movie. Apparently it's customary to rip the back off of the shirts of criminals. I don't know why, but this is repeated throughout <laughs> this movie. You're you're a criminal. <laughs> Yeah, they're, it's a Yakuza check, right? They're, they're like, oh, is he tattooed all over his body? Yeah, he's Yakuza. Yeah. But it is kind of it is kind of unpleasant. <laughs> it's like, hey, and, and, and uh, Angie, or Nancy Everhart yeah, is Nancy. over here saying, may I? And they're like, <laughs> sure, go ahead, lady. And she's all like, yeah, look at all those tattoos. <laughs> it's not sexy. Nah. Nah. Because nah. tattoo never was. The plane. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. The plane. My next reason, the attack on the Yakuza stronghold. Yep. If you, I guess if you noticed a theme with, with Danny, it's only been about the Yakuza, nothing else. Because he used to be in that group, and he knows the true tribulations of being in that group. Yeah, and, and if you want to know how Rick knows that I was in the Yakuza, before the episode, he had a hunch, and he tore my shirt off. And I had to go, like, go. I was like, oh, I got a hunch. I got a hunch. Helming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they attack the Yakuza who are occupying the top floors of this building. And uh, they've already established this as being a, you know, it's a big paper walls, uh, you know, Japanese Shinto shrines and Bushido practicers. And, you know, every room is this. Every room is a is a panel from a comic book. You know, you've got a place for uh, Frank Castle to fight with a guy with a samurai sword. You've got a place 
for Frank Castle to shoot through a paper wall and kill a Yakuza guy. I mean, it's just a great sequence for them to go get the last hostage. Uh, and, and Frank has, has teamed up with uh, the last of the mob bosses to go get his son. Yeah, because that's who you want on your side is the guy you're planning on killing in the first place. Oh, and even at the beginning of this, the guy's like, hey, so you're working with me, and after this, you're dead. And the Punisher's like, after this, you're dead. So you know, they yep, they and, don't have me. And then they fight, and then they're friends. <laughs> and at the end, you're friends. <laughs> Actually, John Lovitz makes an appearance in this as the guy who says, what? Yeah! It's the Yakuza. And I'm reaping the benefits. And I'm reaping the benefits. <laughs> but yeah, there's a showdown that happens. Yakuza. Yakuza. Again, the the uh, the mute henchwoman uh, ends up fighting with Dolph Lundgren. It's a great fist fight between the two of them. You know, you'd think Dolph Lundgren against uh, th- this lady. She's big. Yep. And, and she's, it's a really awesome fight scene. With a name like Butterscratch Moose Boots, you got to have a, uh, you got to be big. Because you can't handle the moose. You can't handle the moose. Speaking of which, I mean, Louis Gossett Jr. kind of just disappears from this, too. It's yeah. like he escapes, but then he's not part of the movie anymore, really. Yeah, he's still he's looking in the sewer. He's, he's trying to find the hangout of the Punisher. It's kind of like the whole Louis uh, Gossett Jr., um, Nancy Everhart side plot. Yeah, which really is unnecessary. Yeah, it, it, I think it had more uh, bearing on the story at first, and then it just didn't. Anymore. I'm going to be the first to say it. Pretty much, if you see Nancy Everhart on the screen, go ahead and fast forward because she, she's kind of. Yeah. I mean, nothing against her; she does a good job, but yeah. it's really a pointless character. Yeah, the the this subplot just didn't do what they thought it was going to do, or maybe it just got written out. I don't know. It it doesn't really have any bearing on anything. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't keep the movie from being excellent. It's just one of those things you're like, yeah, there's really no sense in her even being a character in this movie, but. I guess, uh, you know, that's just the way it worked out. Maybe it was somebody who was in the comics and they felt like they had to keep yeah. him involved. And, you know, Louis Gossett Jr., too. You know, don't fast forward through him because then you'll miss that pizza scene. Yeah, that's the only part, bad part about it because when she's on the screen, he's on the screen, but you don't need to miss the Louis Gossett Jr. stuff. Yeah, but there's a lot of them that just gets cut out. He's much stronger on his own, though. Yeah, agreed. The single Lou is better. You can't handle the Lou in the Lou. <laughs> single Lou. She couldn't handle the Lou. She couldn't handle the Lou. So there's a there's a big showdown in the back. I'll say anything that happens in that showdown at the end. Yeah, the auxiliary light comes on and everything gets cast in red. It's just a really cool Punisher versus the Yakuza sequence, and yep. and I, I, it's every bit as good as the abandoned amusement park stuff. Oh, one thing we got to talk about though is at the restaurant. At the restaurant, Yakuza the, takes over. Right where the guys are sitting there having the drinks. Right, and they come walking in, and then. Uh, butter, butterscotch, nickel boots. Throws her earrings and pins the guy to the wall. She throws the earrings. They go through his wrist. They stick into the wall. Right, Zaska Miyazak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and yeah, all the old bosses are said, "What? We've been outplayed." And and Miss Tanaka is like, "Yeah, I've been outplaying you this whole movie." And uh, she's like, "And by the way, you're poisoned." And she starts rubbing her finger across the top of the poisoned glass, which apparently isn't poison to her. And uh, and they all start falling over. Yeah, that that's another thing too. Is if you're going to poison people, and instead of putting it in the drink itself, and you put it on the glass, probably not a good idea to take your finger and start rubbing around the edge of it because you know that's you're just getting it on your finger. Hey, it worked out okay for her though. Apparently so. So because she had that big one metal finger anyway. So yeah, 
That could have could have been a ring, or it could have been an awesome metal Me- finger. I'm metal, going with a metal finger. Metal finger. <laughs> metal finger. She put her metal finger up, and <laughs> we knew what that meant. Everybody, put your metal finger up in the air. So, you got anything else? <laughs> I've got basically the ending of this, all the way from the bus, like we talked about a few movies back, Big Trouble Little China. There's a lot of this that is kind of a retelling of Big Trouble Little China. There's a lot of scenes that are very, very familiar. I don't know that they were actually taking from it, but come on. It's Big Trouble in Little China. You know how much we love this movie. So if you love Big Trouble in Little China, you're going to dig this one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it doesn't have as much humor in it, for sure. Right. But uh, but it definitely is reminiscent of it, and you'll enjoy the visuals. And you've got Dolph Lundgren naked. Dolph Lundgren is naked and dirty. So that brings us up to our next section, which is our top five lines. Top five. The top five lines for The Punisher. All right. The first top five line I have is from the chief of police or some other guy who's talking to Louis Gossett Jr. And he says, we can't have him believing a psychotic ex-cop is whacking off wise guys. (laughs) We need a rim shot there. I I rewound it to make sure that I got that quote right because it was uh, such a good quote. That might have been ad-libbed. I, I doubt that they said whacking off. Whether he was ad-libbed or not, he did say whacking off wise guys. <laughs> and I don't think the Punisher does that. No, not, not on a humbug. All right. My number one was is when <laughs> Luke Gossett Jr. says, I got to pee. And the guy says, so pee. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, again, is one of those, those uh, obviously Australian actors doing a a wise guy impersonation, maybe because he knows what happens to wise guys in this city. I've got Louis Gossett Jr. talking to Nancy Everhart, <laughs> where she shows him a computer, and he says, what do you think you're going to do with that? Play Miss Pac-Man? <laughs> <laughs> can't make this stuff up, guys. I can't even get the actors right. Lou's knocking them out of the park. So my next one is when they've got uh, the Punisher on the, the stretching rack, and they say, who sent you? And he goes, Batman. It's a great line. See, these are all the, this is all the humor that's in this movie. Yes. So, you know. And like we said, it's not a humorous movie, but, you know, you can see the Punisher has a funny side. Yeah. I mean, he brought up a, a, a competitive DC character who's just as dark and brooding. Just as dark and just as brooding. My next line is from Punisher where he runs out of ammo and he decides he's going to pull out a tooth and put it in the barrel of his gun. And he says, <laughs> Ow! <laughs> and he gives a, uh, a a new meaning to the term, cap that ass. Hail Ming. That's good. I like that. Uh, my next one is when the Punisher is talking to the little boy in the Captain Kangaroo jacket. He says, you're a good boy, Tommy. Grew up to be a good man. Because if you don't, I'll be waiting. I don't know what that means. Maybe the Punisher is lonely. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, that might have been a threat. Here's uh, from Miss Tanaka, who's talking in that aforementioned dinner scene. You refuse the drink. Please accept the chaser. Yeah, when he puts uh, she puts the guy's yeah, gun in his mouth, mouth and yeah. and 
Blammo. Great scene. Blammo, just like that. Blammo. Right. From the makers of Blammo. From the makers of... Kill a man kill, zip line. Kill a guy zip line. <laughs> kill a guy zip line. Blammo. <laughs> Next one is, if you're guilty, you're dead. It's yeah. Pretty cut and dry. It's a good line. It's a good line. I got uh, the Yakuza um, on walkie-talkies. They like to say, musha, musha. <laughs> <laughs> they say it a lot. A lot. And it means a lot of things. It, it's it's universal. It can mean a lot of different things. And they happen to know what it means every time. Yeah. It's, so it, it's secret code. Pretty it's impressive. Yakuza code. My number five or number one, however you want to look at it, is when the Punisher looks over at Luke Gossett Jr. and says, you going to eat that meatloaf? Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah. And then there's that flashback of, of the Punisher running flashback. to try and the like, flashback to the Punisher trying to run and save meatloaf. <laughs> Like a bat out of hell. That's all I got. That's all we got? That's okay. all I got. So there you go, folks. There's your top five lines. Top five lines. Top five lines. Top five lines. Yay! <laughs> Which brings us right up to rating time. All right. Here we go. I will give it 27. Lou Gossett Jr. is punching a guy through a pizza box. That That's a good one. I, I think I'm going to have to give it. Uh, my rating, as brought to you by Cindy's Sensational Smells, come smell the difference. My rating is six mute henchwomen revealing themselves, even though you know who they are. That's right. Ham- Hamalak Hammerzar, right? So- Hamalak Kadingdong. <laughs> Hamalak Kadingdong. And as always, Brian Blessed, what do you think of the Punisher? The hunter becomes the hunter. Well, wow, that's yeah. very true because, you know, they blow up his family and his kids. And and then, yeah, and he starts hunting them. Right. And then again, they he's, start hunting He's him. hunting, and they're, they're, there's just a non-ending hunt. All right, folks, we'll be right back. <laughs> Having a problem with your old babysitters kidnapping your kids? Has a geisha girl held your child hostage? Are you a mob boss and your child will make great ransom? If so, do we have what you need? Punisher Babysitting Service! Need someone responsible to look after your children? Punisher Babysitting Service! Need someone to go get your children and bring them home? Punisher Babysitting Service! We've recently added a city bus to our fleet to make sure your kids arrive safely. That's right, no more riding your kids home with the back of a Harley. We got a bus. Owned and operated by a former police officer, your children will be safe. Punisher Babysitting Service! Are you a high-profile client who needs the utmost protection for your children? Punisher Babysitting Service! Whatever the case may be, Punisher Babysitting Service is the right choice for you. You need a good babysitter? Then you need the Punisher. That's Punisher Babysitting Service. Frank Castle Proprietor. And now, story time with Christopher Walken. Oh, and now I saw my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? Okay, uh, now I want you to come close together. I'm going to tell you a story named Connoisseur. It's a good story, too, kids. A scientist is secretly breeding a strain of extra-large and fertile chickens by splicing and dicing the DNA with a lot of animals. Cows, chickens, moo, and clock. One night during transportation of the chickens, a mysterious creature hatches from a chicken egg. 
kills the, the drivers. Oh! Then a boy goes into a laser-protected Tyrannosaurus pen where it consumes him. Then a sheriff discovers a, a dinosaur embryo in a cotton of eggs and brings it to a lab to study. It's revealed that the infected chicken eggs are responsible for the town's mysterious illness as they contain a lethal virus that kills men and pregnates women with dinosaur embryos which kills the host when birth. The goal of this is to spread the virus around the world, effectively driving the human race into extinction and letting the dinosaurs rule the earth once more. The government infiltrates the town and has placed under quarantine. In order to sterilize the situation, all civilians, affected or not, are shot and killed on sight. The flashlight shone on you, bang! Pistol whip. A young boy investigates a disturbance at a puppy kennel. Oh man, not a puppy. Where is attacked by the, you guessed it, Dinatrushush. He fatally wounds and kills the creature. A girl is revealed to have infected herself with the virus and dies as a baby dinosaur rips its way through a stomach. Kind of like alien space balls. Good movie. You know, John Candy. A doctor tries to save a girl. Before he has a chance to inject her with his serum, the Tyrannosaurus Rex makes his way to the construction site. The doctor battles the creature with a forklift, but is nearly killed. Then another forklift helps and impels the dinosaur, killing it. Two forklifts make a right. Oh, the girl succumbs to the virus and the doctor's shot and killed by government soldiers who then burns his body. What? Oh man, more cowbell to that. And now, Did You Know with Mike Tyson. Did you know during a flashback of the movie The Punisher, Frank Castle has about his family? His daughters are both wearing Spider-Man pajamas. The director did this to pay homage to Spider-Man. Punisher first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 129, which dated uh, February 1974. Did you know that Dolph Lundgren was so sweaty in the torture scene that his body had to be constantly white? Did you know that I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? They're both nutritious and delicious. Did you know that a sequel was briefly announced? Dolph Lundgren was not willing to reply to this role as a disappointment in the final product in this release. Did you know if I could be anyone in the world, I would be the cookie monster? I'll eat your children! Did you know that the Punisher never uses the same weapon twice? He'll also leave them behind for no reason. Did you know that this movie was released in theaters worldwide? except in the United States, due to the New World Pictures sale to the Andrews Group, which was not interested in theatrical distribution. 
Did you know that my favorite TV show is Punky Brewster? Did you know in the first level of the 1993 arcade game The Punisher by Capcom, The Punisher and Nick Fury battle gangsters in an illegal casino. 35 minutes into this film, The Punisher demolishes an illegal casino. Did you know in Detective Berkowitz's office, the map on the wall has web pins in it? It's really a map of Seattle. You've been listening to Did You Know with Mike Tyson on the Hell Mean Power Hour. Did you know they used to call me the Punisher because I would punish bodies inside the ring? All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Don't forget to share some love over at Legion Podcast. A lot of great shows, a lot of great people over there. Glad to be involved. Just uh, take the time and and, uh, make sure you go and listen to some of those great shows as well. Other things that are going on, you got some specials coming out. Keep your eyes open for those. We're going to do our first ever movie commentaries coming up, so make sure you're checking those out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy those as well, so just be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's going to be it for us. You got anything else you want to say? Nope. (laughs) Okay. So for Rick and for Danny, we say good night. When tragedy strikes and we lose everything we care about, we have two choices. We can carry on, refusing to let these misfortunes define us, or we can shut down, too stubborn and distraught to let those who care about us help. There is a third option. Take on the mob, alone, while living in the sewer. Extreme? Maybe. But it should work out until the Yakuza arrives. Because the Yakuza ruins everything. Well, that's about it. Until next time, stay humble, be fearless, and always remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Dittos, the pants for feel-good company. A gift certificate from Maru-Chan Ramen Noodles. Rice-A-Roni. All guests receive a copy of the Helming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Helming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Helming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.